Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, made possible by Rotary District 7210. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People who live by Rotary's motto of service above self. And today our very special guests are from... South Louisiana, direct from South Louisiana, Jonah, talking about the update of the recent BP oil disaster. And with us is Wendell Carell, Michael Ferdinand, and Michelle Claudet. Well, gentlemen, welcome to Radio Rotary. Wendell Carell, welcome back. We uh, had the privilege of speaking to you before. Good uh, to talk good, to you again. Good morning, Wendell. Michael Ferdinand, uh, good morning. Good morning. And Michelle Claudet, good morning. Good morning. Now, we're going to have you introduce yourselves to our listening audience so they know... uh, What your credentials are. Yeah, and uh, besides being in Los Angeles. They're extensive and impressive. Right, and just besides being down there in New Orleans and uh, seeing what's happening with their own eyes, they all have some sort of um, uh, actual expertise in this this, this situation. Wendell, tell us about what you do down there. Okay, well, we're actually south of New Orleans, some 30, 35 miles south of New Orleans, and we have been uh, affected by the oil spill where uh, New Orleans basically has not, except for perception. Right. But uh, uh, my job is to pro- uh, provide hurricane protection system for the residents of our area. And, uh, of course, by degrees in biology, and I, I've been involved with some environmental and coastal restoration projects in south Louisiana and been involved in some of the planning with the uh, oil response. Right. And we'll get back to Wendell and his update in just a second, but we'd like to also welcome Michael Ferdinand. And, by the way, Wendell's a Rotarian. Yes. All right. And uh, Michael Ferdinand, uh, what do you do down there? I'm the CEO of the Terrebonne Economic Development Authority. Right. Uh, we are a fully functioning economic development authority that works to uh, grow and maintain our economy. Uh, we've been working with businesses that are being directly affected by both the spill and the moratorium and uh, been trying to help them through this difficult time. And you're a Rotarian as well, Michael, is that absolutely. correct? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Right. And Michelle, Mr. Claude, I'd like to say that again. There, <laughs> Michelle Claude. Well, you know, uh, Sarah is from New Orleans, so she can actually say these things pr- well, properly. Well, she can pronounce them properly. And I will correct you on the air, John, New Orleans. Beg <laughs> pardon? New Orleans. What about it? <laughs> We're going to learn for the next half hour what's yeah, happening anyway, in New Orleans. These guys are from, they're from a little further south. They're in South Louisiana, okay. Terrebonne Parish, right? Terrebonne right. Parish, uh, Lafouche. And a parish, Coma. just to remind folks, a parish is what we would in New York would call a county. Yes, that right. is right. Yeah, and Michelle Corday, what do you do down there? I'm the uh, Terrebonne Parish president, and, of course, we've been intimately involved in the oil spill. There have been certain parishes that have been most affected, uh, of course, Plaquemine, St. Bernard, Jefferson, Lafouche, and Terrebonne have been the most affected parishes. So we've been right on the uh, forefront with all the meetings that have taken place, and particularly those concerning uh, the protection of our coastline, the remediation of our coastline, uh, the economic issues, the claims process, mental and uh, physical health issues, and of course now we're going into the remediation or restoration phase, and also in, uh, superimposed on all this has been the drilling moratorium that's probably going to affect us more so than the than the oil spill. Right. Which we'll we touched on the last time with, when Wendell. We, with yeah. Wendell when we interviewed him. So we definitely want to want to come back, discuss that, and, and, and from a human interest standpoint, de- right. definitely the when you talk about the, the 
the um, uh, psychological impact that this has had on the area. Um, I'm particularly interested in that. And Michelle, as president of the parish, that is, a, I guess, the equivalent of our county executive. In other words, you're the elected official or appointed official who's in charge? Um, the elected official right. of Terrebonne Parish. We have about 120,000 residents. We have a budget of about $231 million. We're kind of the uh, economic hub in between Terrebonne and Lafouche, where Wendell lives. Uh, we had the lowest unemployment in the nation prior to the oil spill. It was a, right. a real economic engine in our area. Right. Well, just I just wanted to um, uh, translate uh, the, the, the concepts for our listeners here in New York. You would be the equivalent of one of our county executives. And, um, Wendell, we've had the pleasure of speaking to you before, and we did promise to bring you back for our listeners to give us an update on what you see for a few minutes. So, uh, Wendell, uh, tell us what's happened since we spoke last. Well, the big news is the oil stopped flowing, and that's, that's fantastic. Uh, it, uh, you know, once that, that oil stopped, just everybody's, uh, you know, you saw the light at the end of the, the, the tunnel, uh, some optimism that we can move forward, and, and it has proved that we, we're still getting a, a few small tour balls still coming across, uh, but other than that, things have, I mean, dramatically gotten so much better. It's, it's, it's very encouraging. Uh, we did not have the sea of oil that that that, uh, that was a concern. That you know, you look at the reports on television, and uh, that we have just oil all over the place. Uh, we've been very fortunate. We opened the shrimp season, and I've talked to my shrimpers, and I've talked to other people with wildlife and fisheries. And there have been just some very small, isolated areas where the oil has has gone inside of our marshes, and let's that was one of the critical things. So let's not let that go, because the percept, the public perception is, is that nobody's ever going to eat another oyster or another shrimp from well, South nobody, Louisiana. I ate oysters yesterday. Okay, I, I, and from our water. In fact, that's why I eat them over here because it's the freshest. It's right out the water. So I've been eating shrimp and oysters, and I'm eating some crabs a little bit later today. Uh, but the we food is safe to eat. The estuary was spared. Well, how how can you explain that so that people will that believe you? Why? How, how did that happen that they were not well, affected? What? Well, number one is that the areas that they anticipated possibly being affected were closed immediately. Okay, so the only areas that anybody did any fishing in were there was no doubt no oil had gotten there. Uh, since that time, there's been extensive testing of, of not only the water but testing of of the shrimp and crabs and fish, everything that's been caught. And those tests have been, it's, it's the most tested area maybe in the world right now. Well, now. And they've all come out very well with no problems at all. And, and so the closures have helped, and then the openings have taken place only after it's been proven that the quality is good. Yes. So I have, I, I have no problems at all. Uh, it, uh, and, and not only that, our fishermen and our industry understands that if, you know, a year from now, if no one has any negative story, everybody's going to forget about so everybody wants to make sure that nothing tainted gets on the market. I think it's a very good strategy. We've been very aggressive in making sure that has not happened, and it has not, and we don't anticipate that happening. Now, the fishing industry um, is the is a big part of the economic uh, health yes, in, uh, in that region. Yes, we're number one in shrimp, oysters, and crabs in the United States. And I believe it was Michelle that mentioned that um, there was uh, one of the lowest unemployment rates. Yeah, with, with oil and with seafood and with ship construction, we are big on, on all of those issues. We're near the, the water because we do work on the water and, and in the water. the water. Yes. And so, as, as President Claude mentioned, uh, for a number of times so over the past few years, uh, the Lafouche-Terrebonne area has had the lowest unemployment in the nation. And 
with the oil affecting the shrimping and the commercial fishing, with the moratorium affecting the work in the oil field, the two things that have made us so uh, uh, productive and, and uh, so much lower unemployment have now caused us tremendous problems. And, and they can talk about the more details on, on the oil moratorium. So, Wendell, um, uh, using your environmental background, um, are, there, are there going to be lasting effects, in your professional opinion, uh, from well, the oil spill? The, I've talked to all the experts that I can. This has never happened. This type of, of incident has never happened before. It, it doesn't compare to Valdez because of a lot of different factors. The one big advantage we have is that we have, you know, with the warmer waters, we have a tremendous amount of bacterial action working on the oil, and also evaporation is a lot better. So it, we have a lot of optimism that it will not be a, if something out of the blue doesn't happen, and if the oil that's in the deep offshore waters don't do anything very different, we're optimistic that next year we won't be too much different than we were before the oil spill. That that now that being said, there we, we're still keeping our eyes wide open. There are a lot of unknowns. Now it could we could get some lasting effects later on, but at this point, and I can only talk about how it is today. Uh, all in all, if we don't have a year class of shrimp or crabs or oysters that have been really affected, then we won't find that out over, you know, until another, another couple of years. Well, but if that has not happened, well, uh, we may be okay. Has, ha, has this information of some of the what-ifs or some of the unknowns, um, I direct this question to Michael Ferdinand, CEO of Terrebonne Economic Development Authority. Is that, it's, I'm segueing into the moratorium, the decisions about the moratorium. Mr. Ferdinand. Yes. Now, uh, has, has, has that, has that in, been? Well, let's, let's update our, let's okay. remind our listeners that in reaction to the oil spill, where there was this tragic uh, fire and explosion and collapse of the oil rig, that, which broke the line, and the oil Spew. spilled out because the uh, safety device didn't automatically shut it off, that um, President Obama and others in the federal government have had a moratorium on the installation of new oil rigs. Is that correct, Mr. Ferdinand? Absolutely, and specifically and are, the moratorium are, is addressing the deep water drilling. All right, and are the folks in Louisiana in favor of this or opposed it? I mean, is it good? Is it bad? Well, the, the folks in Louisiana are in opposition to the moratorium. Keep in mind that that includes all of our industries, including the fisheries, who were also directly impacted by the spill. I mean, they understand that as do our residents, that the oil field industry and the service industry that supports it is one of the primary cornerstones of our economy. Think of it this way. For every individual that would be working on one of those rigs, say about 250 individuals, there's over four peoples working land-based to support those individuals, those floating cities offshore. So you're talking about a significant impact to our citizens and as we're seeing it, the moratorium that is declared is on deep water drilling. However, we see a secondary moratorium unfolding before us. That secondary moratorium is the issuance of new drilling permits in shallow waters. So really there's two moratoriums for us, the one that's actually declared and then the one the that pending. is being enacted through practice. And we're going to find out more about that from our three outstanding guests who are right there on the scene in just a moment. But let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. My name's Jonah Treepwasser. My are co-host. You sure? Well, I was until this are you morning. Sure? <laughs> my co-host is uh, Sarah O'Connell. 
Our special guests live from New Orleans, Wendell Curl, Michael Ferdinand, and Michelle Claudet. We'll get back to them in just a bit. But tell us, Sarah, are you sure who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Why, yes, I am, Jonah. Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary District 7210 and the clubs of Arlington, Cairo, Carmel, Chester, Chestnut Ridge, Congers Valley Cottage, Fishgill, Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, and LaGrange. And we'll be back with more of Radio Rotary after these important messages. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. The LaGrange Rotary Clubs invite you to their September 11th Memorial on Saturday, September 11th, 2010, 8 a.m. at the Memorial Garden on Stringham Road. Please bring needed items for the men and women being cared for at the Walter Reed Hospital in Washington, D.C. Donations of clothing, toiletries, and personal electronics are welcome. For more information, contact Maureen Daughtery at 845-454-6318. That's 845-454-6318. Hi, welcome back to this edition of Radio Rotary. I am Sarah O'Connell, and I am joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebwasser from Brooklyn, New York. We are chatting <laughs> with our very special guests who are from South Louisiana, Terrebonne right. and Lafouche Parish. And I got a geography lesson during the commercial <laughs> break. And uh, actually, th- this we're talking about serious stuff here. Yes. This is... Um, uh, post uh, the disaster, the BP oil spill, we're we're talking to some experts, Wendell Corral, um, all of which are Rotarians, by the way, Wendell Corral, Michael um, Ferdinand, and Michelle Claudet. And these gentlemen are, well, the, the credentials are out the windows here. Um, president uh, Claudet is um, the president of Terrebonne and Lafouche Parish. Which would be like a county executive uh, for us uh, here in New York. Um, and he's president of Terrebonne Parish, right? Terrebonne, Terrebonne Parish, yes. Right. Um, Michael Ferdinand, CEO of Terrebonne's Economic Development Authority, and Wendell Carell, whom we've interviewed before. Right. Our man the, on the scene. The man on the scene is the general manager, the GM of South Lafouche Levy District, and he is a national consultant for this uh, cleanup. Right. Um, all three gentlemen have been very involved on the front lines, very informative. Um, again, being fellow Rotarians, there's a long standing connection know, is, in history. Did we, did we find out? His if Michelle's a Rotarian? Michelle Claudette, are you a Rotarian, sir? Uh, yes, sir, I am. Well, that's I was going to say, if you're not, you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they signed up. That's great. Well, uh, Michelle anyway, Claudette, well, Parish welcome President. Back. Welcome back. And uh, Michelle Claudette, Parish President of Terrebonne Parish. Um, you're the, uh, the head of the government down there in the, in the parish, or what we would call here in New York a county. What was the government response um, after this uh, tragic disaster? It was immediate. Uh, well, first off, you have to realize this is different from a normal uh, disaster that you would have where you declare a disaster and FEMA kicks in through the Stafford Act. This was completely different. This comes through a federal action and the responsible party. So the Coast Guard and BP were handling it. We did uh, issue declarations of emergency to kick in emergency powers. 
we immediately met with the Coast Guard and BP. They issued us liaisons. Uh, we, BP also issued us uh, each parish that was very much affected was issued a million dollars by BP, which I've been very pleased with in order to do that. And, you know, we had constant meetings, constant updates. Every day we would have White House calls as well as our emergency operations center out of Baton Rouge, which is called GOSEP, which is the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Planning. And we... So the response, this response sounds very impressive and very positive because the percep- public perception is that BP is the big bad wolf. And well, it's sounding like that they, they were very responsive. Please understand, this was the largest accumulation of assets, boom, response that's ever been done. In our parish alone, from zero to, say, 90 days, we had... Uh, tremendous amount of equipment and then over 2,400 people that were brought into our parish. The command center was in Homa for on-the-ground operations. They had more of an administrative center um, that was at one time in Robert and then shifted to New Orleans, Louisiana. So the problem wasn't the response or the recognition of what had happened. It, It was just getting the apparatus to work and stop the spewing. And making certain the organization was intact. It was actually uh, such a large response because of uh, they had to work not only in Louisiana but throughout the entire Gulf Coast region. Well, Michelle Claudet, parish president of Terrebonne Parish, uh, the man uh, in charge of uh, what we would call county government down there, um, what resources did you bring to bear with uh, your county people? Um, uh, do you have a, a emergency response folks down there, uh, what we would call a, a county sheriff or the police presence? Um, you know, did you get any sleep? I mean, how how intensive was your contribution and it, your leadership? It was 24-7 basically for approximately 90 days until wow. the well was capped on July 15th. We had meetings not only every day but every night, and it was Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it, the governor was down every other day. We had all the elected officials for national officials and many of the cabinet-level officials who came down, and it was constant throughout that entire time. Our um, our position in this was more to review what was making, you know, being done by the Coast Guard and BP and making certain that our parish had all the assets and the response capability necessary w- when matters threatened us. Now, let me turn from just a moment to Michael Ferdinand, who's the head of economic development down there. Um, a lot of people uh, are feeling very empathetic toward Louisiana because of the one-two punch. Here we just had the fifth anniversary of the uh, Hurricane Katrina disaster and the recovery, uh, which is not yet complete as I understand it, from that. And then we have this oil spill. Um, What has been the uh, impact on economic development of the oil spill and the lingering impact of Hurricane Katrina? Well, and for your listeners, keep in mind that this is our fifth disaster essentially in five years. We had Katrina, Rita, Gustav and Ike in the way of storms. Um, Katrina uh, did affect Terrebonne Parish. We actually received significant flooding from Rita, also in the parish, shortly after Katrina. The Hurricane Gustav, we were ground zero. And we were also flooded for Hurricane Ike. So for us, there has been extraordinary stresses placed both on our citizens and on our economy. However, uh, because of the 
deeply rooted economy in the fisheries and in the oil field service industry, at least our part of Louisiana was able to rebound rapidly. What's different about this disaster is that uh, because it's a, an economic disaster, I mean, a, a rather than a natural disaster, uh, repopulating rapidly, replacing infrastructure, which is what's typical for after a hurricane, is not what's directly affecting our businesses and our economy. We were able to recover economically from all four storms. This, however, is like a slow-motion train wreck in that instead of the storm coming in and you start the rebuild process, this has taken place over 90 days, causing extreme stresses in our economy. Now, what about the effect on tourism? And I'll open this up to, to all three of you. Um, you know, uh, Louisiana, of course, is well-known for tourism. And, uh, in fact, uh, Sarah and I are bringing our radio rotary microphones down to New Orleans. Uh, how do you pronounce it again, Sarah, darling? New Orleans. All right, there. Next spring. Next spring uh, to cover the Rotary International, International Convention, uh, as we have the past two conventions. And um, what about people out uh, in our listening audience here in, in mid-New York are concerned about going down uh, as tourists? What do you well, say to them, folks? Well, tourism shouldn't be an issue at all. New Orleans is still as enticing as always was. We still have all the alligators that we did. And now the, the fishing is, is, is back and fantastic. In fact, all of the guys that go for the sports fishing, uh, they're catching redfish like crazy and trout like crazy. Uh, the, uh, uh, again, uh, and New Orleans never really was affected by the storm except for the perception. The only other effect was that availability of seafood wasn't quite as good, but again, our chefs are fantastic, and they're going to make anything taste good. We could even take a fish from the East Coast and make it taste good. <laughs> and that's not without challenge, might I add. And by the way, Wendell, I think that you ought to take credit for the oil stopping, because it was the day after we broadcast uh, your first interview that the oil stopped. Well, sometimes we all get lucky, <laughs> and uh, it's always better to be lucky than good. But, but the fact of the matter is, really, it should not, should never have affected tourism at all. Some of the, some of the uh, fishing guides work, maybe. But other regular tourism should have never been affected, and, and people still should not be affected by it. That, that is not an issue at all. And uh, the only other issue is that the fresh seafood was kind of reduced because we had, put, uh, we had closed the areas. But now those places have opened, and the testing is tremendous to make sure that nothing that's not acceptable. Uh, and, and, again, we have... Louisiana seafood is, is known for its quality, and we're not going to let that go away. So if there's anything that's not quality, it's not going to get on the market. It hasn't, and it won't in the future. So uh, the answer to tourism, there should be no drop. People ought to come down, and they're still going to have I've been to New Orleans at least four, five times. Uh, it's still fantastic. Uh, I was on Bourbon Street, what, uh, three Saturdays ago. In the daytime, it looked like Mardi Gras. There was a big event called Red Dress Run or whatever. And it was like Mardi Gras in the middle of summertime, so uh, there's still great things happening. In this event, as compared to hurricanes, a hurricane, as I mentioned before, we were extremely active uh, for Katrina and Rita uh, by providing goods to Terrebonne Parish, to South Mississippi, to St. Bernard Parish. In this event, again, as, as uh, Michael said earlier, is that these uh, you just kind of gauge things and, 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 and try to get information uh throughout the community and, and, and feel what's going on business-wise to help guide some of the problems. And, again, the moratorium, uh, I sit on a study group that Dr. B is on, and he's, uh, well, well, he's a world-known world uh, disaster expert. And, basically, he told me that the need for the moratorium had not existed. The other thing, because the operations on that well were not standard operations, they took chances that no one else 
took, and that's the reason we had this problem. There are 33 projects out in the Gulf that have been shut down. He told me at, at most uh, he might have shut down two or three just to be super safe, but that, that the majority, great, great majority of the people have done a great job. We've drilled some 4,000 wells throughout the world in, in deep water. And this, this With was, no uh, problems. Rare, well, uh, it has been a rare problems. thing to have uncontrolled flow, and it was this happened because people did not follow did the rules. Job. Right. And well, those rules came into effect, you know, some time ago. The last major incident to happen in the Gulf of Mexico was in the mid '70s. Well, 1971, it was an oil spill shell, and actually, I worked on that project, putting boom together when I was in college. Well, gentlemen, uh, it's great having you here. We'd like to invite you back, but we have uh, just about run out of time. We want to thank Wendell Curell, Michael Ferdinand, and Michelle Cloyday for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you, gentlemen. And best of luck. Best of luck to you all. And tell us, Sarah, who brought us Radio Rotary this week? Before I do that, I just want to say what a delight it was to listen to those accents. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, Radio Rotary is brought to us by... You're not delighted by my accent? (laughs) You don't have one, remember? That's true. Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary District 7210 and the clubs of Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, New Windsor, Cornwall, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Poughkeepsie, Red Oak, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, and LaGrange. To Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next Friday morning at 9 o'clock for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk. Radio. Radio Rotary is brought to you by Beach Grove Technology, providing natural dietary supplements for a healthier life. Beach Grove Technology's herbal supplements are uniquely designed to prevent premature aging, eye problems, and weight loss. Beach Grove Technology is now featuring its latest natural product, cultivated American wild ginseng. So take charge of your life with Beach Grove Technology's safe natural products. Visit bgtsupplements.com or call 800-861-4933. That's bgtsupplements.com, 800-861-4933. Hudson Valley Talk Radio. The Kingston Rotary Club will be holding its annual Fall Festival at the Rotary Park at Kingston Point on Saturday, September 11th, beginning at 11 a.m. It will feature their famous barbecue chicken and other food, as well as music vendors and touch truck. Plus, a fabulous view of the Hudson River and the Rondout Lighthouse. The ticket price is just $12 and includes a complete chicken or hot dog dinner. Proceeds from this event goes to support over 20 different agencies in the Kingston area. For more information, please contact Lynn Churchill at 336-7183. That's 336-7183. What would you do if a friend, co-worker, or a loved one collapsed? Calling 911 alone will not be enough. Over 1,000 people a day die from sudden cardiac arrest. Many can be saved with early intervention. HealthSave offers CPR courses on a daily basis at our facility in Rockland County. We'll come to your home or business if you prefer. Call us toll-free at 877-277-6233. That's 877-277-6233. Or visit our website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V dot com. Leave the E off of save for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And we're the hosts of Radio Rotary, heard Friday mornings at 9 a.m. right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. We have exciting news. Starting in October, we're hosting our very own website, www.radiorotary.org. Not only that, 
you can subscribe to our new podcast on iTunes or on our new website. So click here today. That's www.radiorotary.org.